know, and I was doing it in a way that wasn't, that wasn't happy. You know, it was, I was doing. Welcome to the phase four podcast inspired by Vishen Lakhiani and Ajit Nawalka, co-founders of Evercoach, a division of Vine Valley. In this podcast, we speak to coaches and creatives about where they were, where they are, and where they are going. This is the intersection of what we focus on expands, and your story is your superpower. Hi, my guest today is Maka, and she's an extraordinary woman who's done extraordinary things, pushing the idea of belief, mindset, resilience, right up to the limit. And her story is definitely her superpower. And I'm grateful that she's joining me today. So, Maka, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. That was a very <laughs> over-the-top introduction. Well, thank you. Yeah. Maybe just tell us a bit more about yourself then, and we'll get into it however you want. Um, I am from Uruguay. I am 50 years old. I've lived in the U.S. for 25 years, and I am... And are ready to go back home after all this time. I feel like at this time in my life, I value my relationships and bond that I have with my friends and loved ones in a way that I hadn't in the past. So my kids are 15 and 17, my daughter. So it's, I think, about to go to college, even though I have like mixed feelings about that whole thing. That whole situation, I think they're too young to leave home. But anyway, so I'm kind of like planning a little bit like for the next two years to to move back home. Wow, that's pretty. Um, I did not expect that answer, but that's great. So <laughs> Maga is a speaker, a life coach, and a transformation expert. And so in my experience, when we're coaching it usually stems from something that got us into it. And so were you always like the coach kind of person or did something happen? Well, I think I was always kind of like the coach kind of person since I was like third. The first time I remember being in that situation of being a speaker, the coach was, I believe I was 14. I was asking my mom the other day, actually, if you remember that, that specific time and she, she didn't but but um i remember i think we were planning some sort of trip in my high school and i was i i didn't agree with the values or it was something along those lines and i remember being in a in a meeting with the 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 the, the two mentors that we had that were taking us to on this trip and i remember thinking and saying all the things that I wanted to say and it felt so empowering because the ones the the kids who were there all felt the same way but didn't have the audacity to say it to say it so I think yes I've been on this journey for a very long time at the same time I I got lost quite a few times on this on this path and I think that's what happens to all of us so I usually use uh, the analogy of when we see who our true selves 
sometimes we're so far away from it that it, it seems like unreachable. So a few years ago, I was in the same situation where I saw, okay, so who am I or what is like my authentic self? And I saw it far away, right? Let's say it's almost like there's like a forest and there's a, like a creek in between one self and one and your true self. So what I usually say is you see your true self, you see the steps you need to take through that forest and through that creek to go back to who you are, to your true self. But usually what happens is, is either your job is too secure or you've married someone who, you know, you've been with him or her too long or many, many aspects that bring that unhappiness, let's say. So, but what, but what happens is if you actually do take that step of saying, I, I want to live myself authentically and true to who I am, then you start creeping and start like taking those small steps through that forest. And then once you get to that creek, you think, okay, I can go back and I know what that feels like because, you know, I've been dealing with that my entire life for however long. However, if I jump on this creek, then what what can go wrong? And those are the feelings and emotions that people usually have. So, but my take on this is once you jump on that creek and you let the current push you, and then as you cross, you're able to, you know, you fall and then you, those like rocks on the ground cut your feet and then those cuts burn and then... And then you find a stick and you're able to use that stick to to help you walk to the other side. You know, all these different tools that you find along the way. And once you get to the other side, it doesn't mean that, okay, you're like automatically your true self, right? But once you get to the other side, you've learned all these tools along the way, crossing that creek that you're going to use to empower you further to find your true self again. So that's my, that's my very long answer to, you know, to how all this, all this goes around. And I feel like when we are born, we are born as our true selves. And then many things happen in life that we are pulled apart and pulled from that. And we have to find our way back to who we are. I love it. So yeah, a little nurture in nature, um, and then awareness. It sounds like awareness is the big thing, right? You first kind of have to know what you want or where you want to go before you can get there. If you're trying yes. to, yeah, go ahead. Now, yes, I mean, I think it's more at first, sometimes you just know that you don't want to be in the place that you are anymore. You don't necessarily need to know where you're going. Right. So that awareness that you mentioned that say, I don't want to be in this place. This sucks. I need this shit, you know, and then from there you can take. But some people just stay in that in that in that space. Right. Why is that? um, Why is that? Why do some people stay in that space? Because they are in the mentality of being victims of their environment. So they don't they're they're done. I'm saying this without any judgment because obviously we all been there, but we, they don't see 
that actually they are responsible for their future. They are they are capable of changing their their environment. But sometimes you're just too deep in and you don't see that you're like, is the government's fault? Is the economy? Is the unemployment? Is my mom? Is you know, the accident I had is my boss, everybody's fault but yourselves. And that I think vibrates really low in terms of the emotional state. So it's really hard to just to shift that mindset. Right. So growth mindset versus fixed mindset. If you think you're stuck in a box, you're going to stay stuck in the box and you're actually manifesting what you think and believe because you think that you can't change it. So it doesn't change. Yes. Yes. So, and then step two is to actually have that vision. But I think, I, I don't know if you're familiar with Michael Beckwith's work. And he says that what happens is that pain that you're in. Why, why are you laughing? I'm not. I'm smiling and my heart ah, is okay. just filling up because, yeah, ah, okay. Reverend Beckwith is like very special to me. So, okay. So um, he says, that what happens is like that pain of where you are pushes you, pushes you through to the limit, right? It pushes you to the edge of that creek, let's say. However, what's going to pull you is the vision of your future self. So it's like a push, push, push. And then you need to have that other vision to pull you into that direction. Yeah. So when people ask me, what do you do as a coach? That's something I say. I say, I hold people's vision until they become strong enough to believe in themselves and step into it. Because yeah, the like you said at the back there, it's it's you might not believe that you can, you don't even know what you want yet. You just know you don't want it to be like this. And you know, you're only on one life kind of comes into it. And then you start to grow awareness. And then, yeah, um, maybe a reason I was smiling right back with, too was because of that idea of Kensho and Satori where you're getting the enlightenment but for some people the Kensho you have to go really low and go through a decade of hell as was my story in order <laughs> to get that enlightenment and give back and change everything and man now it's like the part where like oh yeah I don't think I would really change that because of where I am today yeah yeah exactly that acceptance that you think oh wait so all of that happened for this the, all those things were happening for this reason because it is the perfection is such even though it's really difficult to accept sometimes where you needed all that in order to be here otherwise you wouldn't be here you would be elsewhere right yeah i love it and so your story is kind of extraordinary so two things about your story your superpower is like if, if that resonates because your past experience, you're like, yeah, it is my superpower. Or can I go forward and create something amazing starting wherever I am and deciding this is what I want and I'm going to go get it. Then you make your story your superpower. So by your story, do you want to maybe talk about your story? Like more who you are, how you grew up, um, family doing the amazing I don't even know how you did all the things you did at the time. I'm like, I only have 24 hours as you, but you seem to get a lot more done. Well, okay. Two things to that, two, two parts to that, to that comment. The first one is like, it's actually both things. It's not, you can use that or the other, you use that and the other. Right. And I think that's something that, that is difficult for a lot of us to, um, 
to cope with, which is, especially for example, speaking with my children who are teenagers, it's difficult for them to see that emotions can coexist, right? Sometimes perhaps we were raised in a way where we were, we were uh, told or it was implied to us that certain things cannot live with each other. So, but you can have, yes, be sad because something is over and be the right choice and be thankful that it happened. So all those emotions can exist in one, in that same place, right? So that's one thing. And the second thing is, uh, you asked about the time. I think I, I should kind of like change my pivot in my business and start teaching people how to use their time. And I've been thinking about this for the past like six weeks. So why I'm saying this is because I learned so I, I remember one time I was watching TV and the Oprah show had been like over for a while. And this woman said, she was in the audience and somebody, they were talking about like losing weight and what, and exercising and things. And she said, well, if I want to get it done, if I want to go for a run, I have to do it at 4.30 in the morning because that's the only time that I can do it. And I was like, oh, okay. You go girl, you know? And I thought, that is, that is something very important to consider. So time went by, whatever. And then my ex-husband left and I can remember a long time ago, but anyway, so he left me raising our children here in New York city. He let, moved overseas and I was left to raise them. They were four and six years old at the time. Uh, even though I had been raising them alone for like over a year before, but anyway, so I remember the first three years I thought. I was in denial. I was like, I cannot, I cannot do this. I don't want to do this. <laughs> These children are very small. <laughs> and like at four years old, they don't even wash their own hair. I mean, they started washing their hair because, you know, I told them, but it's something that you think, shit, I, I didn't sign up for this, you know? So it took me about like three years to realize that, yes, I was going to have to do this alone for a very long time. And then I thought my kids really deserve a mom who's fully present and who adores them and is the best parent she can be. So that's the person I'm going to be. I'm going to not be the yelling mom anymore. And I'm going to get my shit together and do all the things that I need to do. So I started that transformation almost like overnight, even though I had like a period, a really short period of shit, I don't want to do this, right? Which doesn't matter. But anyway, so I remember thinking, okay, I'm going to start by writing down, I love me with my children. And I wrote notebooks full saying, I love me with my children. And I know this sounds awful, but I know that a lot of people feel this way. And that's why I'm saying it, where they're in a position where they think I should love my life because I have the husband or the wife or the partner and I have the children and I have the house, but they don't feel that fulfillment. So one way to change that is, you know, by changing that in your subconscious as you are aware. So I started by writing those down saying, I love you with my children. That was the first change that I made. And then as years went by, blah, 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 blah. And I thought, you know what, now I'm going to do I'm going to achieve all the things I've always wanted to do. 
So I got Dean the the book, The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. And I said to myself, I'm going to follow every step on this book. And that's what I did. And I said, for the next year, I'm going to follow every single step, which was, so that's when within, you know, three years I went to college and I got my degree. I was still raising my kids alone. I was working at the United Nations with like a, a very demanding logistics job. I was, I started training for triathlons and long distance triathlons. I studied French and I also wanted my kids to eat healthy. So we became vegetarian and vegan at the time. But anyway, so my point is that very long story to say, you choose what to do with your 24 hours. And it's really, and no, you can't have it all at the same time. But you can have a lot if you use your time wisely and intentionally, you know? So anyway, ah. Yeah. So what I was thinking about, and now that I have you here, you can tell me and give me your opinion, is pivot into helping people manage their time in a way that is more intentional. Because if I were to tell you all the things that I did in the past year, in the past 13 months exactly, to heal from acting in a way that wasn't aligned with my with my values in terms of re- romantic relationships to my business to I achieved so much in 13 months that I look back and I think that's a lot <laughs> you know but the only reason why I was able to do it was because I was extremely focused on what I wanted the, uh, you set your intentions at the beginning and you knew what you wanted and then you know how to go get it. There was a lot there. So let me just go through some of it, please. Yes. So the idea of I love being with my children. So there's two things that happen there. There are affirmations and gratitude. And the gratitude is the life changer, but the affirmations will continue to lock it in. So for feeling, mm-hmm. once you whatever you focus on expands. So if you start feeling grateful for stuff, even if you don't believe it at the beginning, and then you yes, continue, exactly. And you continue to use those affirmations over and over again. Then neuroplasticity starts to wire and fire it in. And so, mm-hmm. in order to change something, you have to change something, right? If if you don't change the things you look at, nothing you look at will change. But uh, another thing about feeling, I like that because you do hear a lot, especially in this space of coaching and motivation and all that. You always hear like, oh, I just feel bliss and joy. And it's like, it's an all the time thing. And it's like, no, you can actually have both at the same time, right? You could be at a funeral and you could feel so immense gratitude for that person's life. And just that's one example, but there's so many. And then the, um, and even the, so you're asking me kind of about the writing thing I was talking about earlier um, before we started recording. And part of it, it's a workshop for the artist Dow. It's called, and it's a mix between a book called The Artist's Way by New Yorker, Julia Cameron, and The Tao Te Ching. And The Tao Te Ching is like ancient philosophy with like a lot of paradox, right? So there's one paradox in there is that you can feel gratitude and sadness at the exact same time. And But another one is that you said it took you three years to figure out that you can raise the children by yourself, right? And the paradox in that that's so beautiful is that you were already actually doing it anyway, right? And just you didn't think you could do it, and you were doing it at the same time. Well, 
Tano, yes and no. What I'm, <laughs> I was doing it, but I wasn't doing it up to the standards that they deserved. I was doing it on uh, autopilot. I was doing it where the weekends I thought, shit, I have to go to another soccer game. No. And it wasn't like, oh my God, I love you with my kids. And I was like, no shit, it's Friday. I have to spend another weekend, you know? And I know, I'm sure people will judge me for that, for those emotions, but those were the feelings that I was having. And that's why I thought I need to change them because I have two healthy, amazing children at the time, you know, and over time, obviously after that, I mean, I can't, I can't even describe my kids. They are so... I don't know. Everything is everything. Right. We have to wear so many hats. We all wearing different hats at the same time. I explained one time that, like, I could be in a room with my mom, my wife, and my daughter, and in that same room at the same time, I'm a father, a son, and a husband, or <laughs> yeah. whatever. You know what I mean? And it's yeah, like, yeah. So how do you juggle all these hats? But you seem to do it, and you were doing triathlons at the same time. <laughs> yes. Yes, I was doing travels. But I mean, but that was the part that it kept, kept me sane. You know, people were like, how are you doing this? I was like, I cannot not do it. I cannot not take care of myself first, you know? And those, that's the way I always knew how. I mean, that's like my, I, I love that, you know? I love and it. The it's discipline. So yeah. Yeah. Self-care, right? How can you serve other people if you're not full up yourself? And then it's, it's a awesome. thing of proacting and reacting, right? If you set it up, but marathon or triathlon training, that's like another level. Like just, can you give maybe the listeners some idea of what a triathlon training would look like? Cause it's okay. crazy. Like I okay. never even We're... think about doing it. Oh, you can do it. You can do it. Okay. So first of all, once you do one, you can't stop doing them. So that's be aware of that, of that addiction. So, um, I started doing the short one. So I did a sprint first and then. During this time, during the time of the transformation, I always wanted to do an Ironman, so a half Ironman. So I was like, I'm going to train for those. A half Ironman is a mile and a half swim, then it's a 56-mile bike ride, and then a half marathon. So it's 13-mile run. So to train for this, you need to do at least three workouts a week per discipline. So that's nine workouts. Now we only have seven days in a week, which working out, you only have six days in a week. So if you think about that, it means like some days you need to do two workouts. So what I was doing was using my commute. I was working at the UN. I would ride my bike to work. And then at lunchtime, I would go swimming. And sometimes I would just run home, which is like about like six miles from home. So my point is you can actually do all these things, but you have to organize your life in a way that it's like, these are the things that you want to do. I miss, I mean, I don't even know how many dinners and birthdays and things like this because I was also going to college. So I had to get up. I remember I would get up like at 5.30 and my daughter sometimes had to do homework. So we would come together and both do homework together, which was the most adorable thing, you know? And yeah, so, but we were talking about this before. Wait, sorry, do you have any questions? Yeah, no, that's just intense. That's all. Like, I, I, I wasn't saying that I don't think I could do it. Like, I don't believe I could do it. I know I could do it. I just, I wouldn't do it. It's just, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
So it's like a, it's almost like a like a part time job, you know, because it's about fifteen hours a week at least. Good for yeah. you. And you're pursuing a master's or finishing university at the same time as well, and raising two kids by yourself. So you're like yeah. Superwoman. This your story is definitely. I'm not. Superpower. No, I'm not Superwoman. That was, that's the whole point. I am not Superwoman, and this is something that that is good to clarify. But wait, t- keep going. What are you gonna say? That's the paradox coming back in again. Is that like it looks like you're Superwoman, but anybody can do it, and then you have the proof of how to do it by your story that you did it. Yes, but you know, I actually, I was having this conversation with my children, and this is a very good point. Because, so, I don't know, I was telling you this now, or like before we started, that in the past year, I concentrated on building my business, right? So, I haven't trained for anything. I mean, I I go for a run and I work out, obviously, because, you know. But I, I actually signed up for a half Ironman last summer that I didn't do. And I signed up for the New York City Marathon, which is the Sunday that I didn't train for. Because at one point, I had to decide what was my priority this year. And my priority was to build this business to a level that that I want to, to have the impact. So I had to drop those things, which was a really difficult decision. I know in the large scheme of things with everything that's going on in the world, this sounds like I'm like stupid, right? But you live your life and you are in that in in that kind of like cylinder in that bubble, right? So anyway, and I was telling this to my kids because I said I'm I need to make the decision of not doing these races that I sign up for and I spend the money on. And I need you to realize that I am not superwoman and that if I were, I would be able to do all those things, but I am choosing to work on my business now. Okay. And next year, maybe I do those races, you know, but I think that's really important for, for everyone to realize that sometimes you have to pivot your goals because there's a point, I mean, having teenagers, they don't, you don't, they don't need you to bring them a glass of water because they're, I mean, they take the subway everywhere in New York City, but they do need you in ways that are more mentally uh, tiring or mental. It takes more mental space than all the other times, you know? So, and I think that's, yeah. And I think that's really important for parents, you know, to realize that sometimes you just have to pivot and say, you know what? This year, this is my priority. This year, this is my priority, you know? 100%. And even to bring your kids into it, to talk about that and teach them there's wants and needs, right? I want to run a marathon or sorry, I want to run a triathlon, but I I need to work on my business. And the, maybe like, yeah, like you said, the marathon you can run again next year, but right now is not the time. So now maybe yeah. you were asking earlier there, like, what do you think and what, what, so that is how you, you use it. That's that's part of your coaching then for sure is going to be going forward the time management aspect. And you had just gave both examples and again, paradox, but you gave the way of how to do it and how not. Sometimes we've got to let go of things, surrender, accept our position. And then other times, yeah, we can go and just put the blinders on and push through, right? Almost like if, if you have deadlines or you have lots of stuff, mm-hmm. sometimes it happens. There's seasons and... So I think 
again, as you were saying, like your story is your superpower because it can help people almost. And so this is how you live the evidence of how to train and how to do it, how to manage your time and still do all the others. And then the second part of that is how to make sure that your wants and needs are lined up depending on the season you're in. Yeah. Yeah. So I always ask everybody this question. This is a phase four podcast and phase four in the sixth phase meditation by Vishen Lakhiani is all about creating a future three years out. You told us maybe two years what you're looking at, but where is Maka three years from today? <laughs> three years from today. I love that question. I mean, I'm still going to answer when you text me because, you know, we met now in this, but I think three years from now, I'll be running retreats for personal growth and beautiful places in the world. And I'll be, wow, having an impact that I can't even measure right now in my mind. Because it's going to be I don't know, ginormous, you know? And yeah, so that's where, where I'm going to be in three years. That's awesome. I would kind of on a similar path myself. We have a retreat here. We tested it out and now we're kind of still planning our next steps, even though they're going slower than I want them to. I'm accepting it and surrendering to it. Um, well, I mean, what do you mean by slower than you wanted to? I don't know. Just the plans aren't coming to fruition like the way I want, but that's okay. I, other things come up and monies to do projects have to wait and that's okay. I, I can take the long term. Like you were saying at the very beginning, you've got to detach almost and see that there's a bigger picture than right this season. And so I can see that in a couple of years, the things will work because there's just other things right now. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I think, well, like we were saying at the beginning as well, the universe has so many, like the, the plans of the universe are so much bigger than we can comprehend in our mind. I am kind of like on the same. I think I wish everything happened, you know, faster so I can change my car. <laughs> Bringing it back to reality, you know? But uh, but I know that, I mean, I really do trust that the universe is something so much better that I can't even imagine myself. And it takes it takes time and it takes a lot of practice to be able to um, to eloquently tell the story and to eloquently help others and to be able to grab all the knowledge and all the 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 lessons and the coaching that we received and put it out you know to do that almost like that uh, that transformation and add your own your own tips to it and actually pour it to others that i don't know i i can't wait to see who I become in three years, you know? Me so, too. Yeah, I'm excited. One part that was really quick in there was that you have to take the tools and make it your own a little bit. And so, like, there's, I don't know how many coaches, a lot, but you have to have your own a little style and originality. And so using your past experience will definitely help you, right? You can definitely coach now, obviously, to be a better candidate than I would to coach someone who has to raise two kids by themselves, someone who's trying to train for a triathlon. So at the very beginning, a coach will niche down 
and become like, okay, what is my exact focus? But then you can zoom back out because coaching's coaching. Like we're manufacturers. We manufacture new people from the old, liberated from the old limiting beliefs, right? <laughs> it's true. And so yeah. it doesn't matter because it's the same techniques, but because we have our own unique angle, like that's where we go. And another one is where's your attention going? Because that's probably an important indicator of where you want to go. I would love to know maybe who are some of your mentors. You said Jack Canfield. He's awesome. When I think of resilience, he's like the guy. I always use the example that he he had these books and nobody wanted them. And he got turned down like 160 times by publishers. But he said, I'm going to keep going until someone says yes. Personally, I might have stopped after 100 or 50. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, now that you mentioned Bob. The brain behind that brand is actually Patty Aubrey, who is my mentor. And she is chief, uh, chief chicken. So she was the one who, who designed the other books, all the ones that came after the original chicken soup for the soul. So I'm in her mastermind. I am one, she's one of my, my mentors. Then who else I work with? Um, now all, all, everything is like like a, a big clump in my brain. I do a lot of Deepak Chopra's work. I was reading this morning. I'm doing like every so frequently I grab his um, laws for success for spirit. Yeah, the seven laws for spiritual success. I know in Spanish. <laughs> anyway, so I'm, on, I'm again on day three and he said he was talking about he wasn't talking. I read <laughs> that says that every problem has its a seed brings a seed of opportunity. So you know those things that sometimes you read and you didn't catch, and then the the eleventh time you read them, like oh my god, that resonates. Okay, then I did obviously, of course, the Joe Dispenza work. I went to one of his uh, live retreats. Which let's hear about that. Ah, uh, did you go to one of his retreats or no? No, I'll tell you the story. Oh after you told, I've already told it a million times, but let's let's hear about the live retreat if that's okay. I don't know how much time you got, but I I would love to hear that. Was so I got his. I mean, I you know when you follow him and I read the books and they did all the things and the meditations didn't never clicked. I was like, what am I doing wrong? I can't, you know. Like, you know, you're all in your head and thinking, okay, I get the concept, but I can't make it happen. And then I was like, fuck it, I'm going to a retreat. And it took me three attempts to sign up because they sell out in like seven minutes. So I went in February, 2021. It was one of the most transformational experiences of my life because everything that I, that I learned, that I read from Chopra, from quantum physics, from you name it, it's all there in one, in that five, six frame. <laughs> and he, you know, and he, um, yeah, it was incredible. Really incredible. Florida, off of Florida coast or something? I went to the one in Cancun. He has, he mm -hmm. has different places. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was unbelievable. I am definitely going to go again to, you know, when I can. So I'll tell you, when I first told you, like, around 2019, when everything started to shift, I signed up at, like, maybe 
like this was very early when my awakening or whatever you want to call it happened, but I signed up for one of them and something happened, the credit card, like there was money there. It just didn't work. Right. It said it worked. Then it didn't work like five minutes later. Like you're saying it was sold out right there. That. And so I was like, Oh, well, I guess. And I wanted to tell him my story because my story is powerful. Like and he helped me realize it, but I, I was like, Oh, well, I guess somebody else needs to go to it more than I do. You know what I mean? Just because yeah. it's like, that powerful stuff but he was one of the first teachers just some things he said right like your personality creates your personal reality and I was like is that true and I'm like yeah that's true I'm a miserable person and my whole existence is miserable because I'm a miserable person right and then yeah even the creek you were talking about earlier he doesn't say creek but he's like it's kind of like you go to that river of change he calls it and most people turn around and go back not because it's 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 the right thing. It's just because you're used to it and because your brain's an artifact and you're just redoing the same day over again most of the time. It's just easier to go back there because the unfamiliar is scary and you might get eaten by a lion or whatever. I mean, honestly, one of the most, uh, the, one of the things that I thought, I don't know how I'm going to do this because it's basically meditation all day from like six in the morning to like seven in the evening. So it's like meditations, short meditations, longer meditations, shorter. And then you eat, then he talks and like the whole like scientific explanations and then more meditations. But there's one meditation that is called the pineal gland meditation that is like five hours. And I was like, okay, I'm going to have to pee in between because I don't know how we're going to do this, you know? And it takes you through, how can I explain it? So it actually, you do collapse time and space. So it doesn't, I mean, you, you close your eyes and then when you wake up, it's five hours later and you went on this trip that is, I mean, I don't even know if you've ever done ecstasy is that, but without the euphoria, it's like fucking heaven. And you think, I want to live here. <laughs> yeah. It's I've heard people talk about it. I've never reached that state, but I heard lots of people talk about it, including Dr. Joe. And it's just like, he says he's having like an orgasm in his brain or something. Yes, yes, yes. You have to go. You have to go and do it because it's, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. It's incredible. Incredible and transformational and think that you didn't go anywhere. You right. just went somewhere in your mind, you know? So the closest that ever happened to me like that, one time I was like, I was approaching my 40th birthday i'm like i probably should start living a little healthier and so i started running and i started my whole philosophy is always go low go slow and so i started with one minute then two minutes running like i would walk on the treadmill then i was like one minute two minutes three minutes mm -hmm. and i got up to like 37 or 38 minutes and then i was like sore and hurt because i never rested because at the time i didn't realize hey you probably should rest in between you can't just start <laughs> going like that and so I dropped my daughter at like um, preschool one day and I was driving past the gym and I was just, I couldn't hardly walk, but I was like, you know what? I'll just go in and walk anyway. It's better than nothing. And I got on the treadmill. I started walking for a couple of minutes and then I started like meditating and I disappeared. I started running and I ran for like 38 minutes straight and I was not there. Like, and I always yes. tell people like, if you looked at the cameras, you would see me running on a treadmill, but I was not there. And then I came back and it was the same thing. Like, where did that 38 minutes go? Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. But I mean, what I think is fascinating and amazing is that 
we think we are these like humans, but in reality, we're not. In reality, we are just this energy, you know? And we get so caught up in like the day-to-day. -day. I'm not saying it doesn't happen to me because it happened to me this morning and yesterday. Where, you know, and you think about all the problems and all the, I mean, I have to pay this and I have to do that and I have to go to work, blah, blah, blah. But in reality, if you are able to look at your life from like, from like a drone, then you think, oh, all right. So what is, what am I here to do? You know, let's just be more um, spiritual, I guess, about, about the answer. Yeah, we jump out of the matrix, right? And I think in yeah. book Think and Grow Rich, he talks about this where like you're at a certain level and it's not your fault. It just, that's where you're at. And then once you start asking questions, seeing things differently, things like meditation where you can shut out some senses and start seeing things differently and realize that the world that we see with our eyes and hear with our nose is just waves and vibrations and light colors. And it's not actually there. We just kind of agree that it, hey, that's what that looks like. But um, yeah, once that happens, then you can, in the book, Think and Grow Rich, he uses the example like you turn it into like an eagle or I don't even know, but he's like almost like you're soaring above and now you can see yeah. much more of the picture. And that's kind of what yeah, and that's how he, like, Yeah. And that's how he has his like mastermind group. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously cool. I can hear some spiritual tones. And so you have, you're full of gratitude, compassion. You're full of love, energy, light, all these sort of things which are right up my alley. And I've learned a lot from you today. And so if any of this episode resonates with anybody, please reach out to Maka. If you're thinking of a friend that you can share this with, whoever that friend is that just came into your awareness, that's the person who needs to hear it. So share it with them. And if you enjoy these conversations, just like, subscribe, share, follow us. Go on at the Phase 4 Podcast on Instagram and as we wind down, Maka, before I kind of ask my last questions, can you maybe talk about um, any offers that are coming up, anything you're selling, or anything actually that you want that I kind of didn't really get to? doesn't have to be selling. Um, I am now, like I was telling you, pivoting my Instagram into time, using your time more intentionally. So I am uh, on Instagram as I am real 73 for obvious reasons. That's my handle. And then, um, I am designing a digital course for that. And I have a few free resources as well on my website It's called is uh, realcoaching.cc. Those are some cool names. And so Thank you. what else, what do you like to do for fun? We kind of touched on triathlons, but. What do you like to do for fun that maybe people would like to know about? That's what I do. I work I work out a lot. And like, I don't know if you know Alex Horms, Hormozy. Is that insane? Um, Everybody knows Alex Hormozy. Not Hormozy. Okay. That's what he always says. Like, I like working. I like working too. That's what I do for fun. Me you know, too. I, I love, I mean, I love my job. So I love this work so much that I don't feel it's work. You know, I do love spending time with my children, but now they're teenagers. So they're like, oh, I'm busy. I'm busy. Don't need um, you now. Just need your so, wallet. Oh my God. Oh, yes. But um, what do I do for fun? Yes, I run. I go, I work out a lot. I go on bike rides in New York. 
Uh, what else do I do for fun? I am not a very, I mean, I read a lot. Uh, now I started watching the Medici. Said like the regular stuff that people do, but I work a lot. I I'm investing. It's not like I work a lot. I'm investing a lot of time in my craft. So this year, for example, I did 2023. Yes, I did a retreat with Patty Aubrey called Permission Granted. I did um, public speaking workshop with Patty Aubrey and Scott Demolin to learn how to to do to speak and corporations and stuff. I did, what else? Another program with Patty. I did brand builders to learn how to build my brand. I did, I've been traveling back and forth to Uruguay doing these corporate talks in, in Uruguay. I've, I mean, yeah, so basically all I've done is work and take care of my children and read. Okay, so that's okay. I'm the same kind of way. And I, yeah, I don't look at it as work, right? And so this is part of the scheduling when we're talking about time. Like, people are like, how do you get so much stuff done? But I work long days, but I schedule in nice breaks, like an hour to go walk in a park or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And so yeah. my day, it seems like I'm, it sometimes seems like I'm not doing much. But I'm getting a lot done. And then sometimes it's like you're working such long hours, but I'm not. I'm, I am, but I'm also, it's fun, right? Because it's fun. So I'm on these kind of calls all day and in and out in different groups. And I told you at the beginning, many different styles. And that keeps it fresh and that keeps it new, right? Because it can get very stale very easily. So I think it gets, I mean, I think if you're on this path, we don't see it as work. I do think that it's good to have breaks. Like my breaks, for example, are working out and like taking my daughter to like her soccer games, things like this. Um, and I also believe that when you're in a path like this, it doesn't, I don't know, it's almost like we're so grateful to be able to do this that it doesn't, you know, it doesn't feel like we're working. Sorry. Huh? It's like you jump out of bed every day instead of like, man, now I have to get up and do this out again. Absolutely. Like, you know, I get up and now I'm going to do this. But yeah, I yes. love it. And and those, I, I kind of include those in my, in, if I'm telling you I'm working long days, I include things like going to the gym and reading a book because they're, I don't know, they're part of it. Like I need to grow so I can serve people better. You know what I mean? So. Yes. And it, you, it never stops. It's like, oh, wait, now I thought. You just see the pile of books I have on my night table. It's ridiculous. Because I thought, oh, yes, I'm just going to get this. Oh, no, but now I heard also about this other book. Oh, no, and I heard about this other one. And I listened to a lot of podcasts. So, you know, you're constantly, I don't know, growing and learning and wanting to share. Yeah. yeah it's important, right? Yeah. Because what, what we focus on expands. So, yes. you kind of touch on it, but my final question is always, where can people reach you? Maybe I need to have a backup final question, right? <laughs> it's on Instagram. Instagram is I am real seventy three. Amazing, Maka. I'm so grateful for your time today. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was really fun. Yeah. <laughs>